Hello and welcome to 361 Degrees Podcast Season 7, Episode 3. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Rafe Blanford from the All About Sites. And I'm Ewan McLeod from Mobile Industry Review. Welcome back, gents. Another episode. Hello. You're looking, you're looking bright and breezy. Mr. Well, thank you. I, well, I'm delighted. I'm really excited. I'm getting great feedback from everybody on the, on Twitter about the podcast. This is excellent. And uh, probably because you've got a little more time on your hands at the moment. Well, this is true. I have finished with Rob Bank of Scotland. Uh, and now I'm urgently thinking, right, what else am I going to do? So any suggestions? Uh, postcard, please. So uh, please, uh, w- wherever, you, wherever you listen to this, feel free to leave uh, suggestions for what you and McLeod should do. Or alternatively, just send him a pound. Mm. Right, anyway, how are you, Rafe? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, I'll save you from that particular bit of persecution. Move on. on. You'd never do it for me, but I'll do it for you. (laughs) Uh, I've been at a a mobile event at such my place where Digitas LBI, what's next in mobile, kind of talking about some of the big upcoming trends as well as some of the existing ones. Wearables has been an interesting trend that was talked about today. Sony came in and did a, a presentation, but it also came up in a lot of the other panels. And I think it's something we'll hopefully cover in a future podcast when we talk about our use of wearables and where we see the market going, perhaps. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, well, news from me. Just if uh, if, if listeners haven't realised now, we've also we've now got all our posts are being transcribed. So if yes. you'd like to uh, read them, go back to them, or, or more importantly, the reason we've done it is so that you can search them. If you're ever looking for any information about what was in a, what was in a post, every yeah. post is transcribed now. So you can go to three six one podcastcom and uh, look at the look at the original post where uh, where the audio is, and there's mm. a button you can press there. And of course, the other thing that you might like to take a look at if you're on three six one podcastcom which I know I am nearly all of the time me too is it is it mobile responsive by the it way? is mobile responsive it's beautifully mobile responsive um is that each post has a three question survey on it where we just ask you your opinion on the things that we talked about in the show uh so episode one was all about um mobile networks and putting smart stuff in them and what you wanted and then mo- episode two was all about um media unbundling and how you consume TV and broadcast media. And we've got mm. some fascinating responses from people. We'll be collecting those together and yeah, sharing them with everyone. But if you haven't had your say yet, get there. The posts are still open. You can still, you know. Well, you can enter. do it right now, right? Could, I'm picturing the listener, dear listener, bringing up, because you can do this now, right? Because you've got a decent smartphone. You can press, bring up your browser while you're listening to us talk. Type in 361 podcast. Find that'll be the first result in Google. Click again, you'll get the the latest post. Click again, you're on the survey, right? There you go. So if you didn't know, so how you could to, be doing that right now. If you didn't know how to use the internet, that's a handy lesson there from you, McLeod. <laughs> so, Ewan, uh, what are we talking about this right. week? Okay, today we are talking about apps. The future um, is bright with applications. You just have to look at the billions being made out of it. However, the uh, I I think it's time for us to look behind the curtain for. Uh, mobile application development. In particular, I have always been one of those guys who is blogging away about how terrible or how amazing a particular app is. And it's I have always been the guy going, "Can it? Why it changes? No, no, no." And I think I do wonder how many listeners are wondering why it takes so long for some big brands to make some changes to their apps. So we are going behind the curtain to see what does it take to deliver. A mobile application at scale, one that you use every day. And uh, it's a perfect opportunity now to introduce our guest for this week's show, um, Ed Hodges, uh, previously of RBS and Tesco, but currently doing clever things with fraud, Ed. So just tell us about that quickly. Yeah, I currently work for a um, company called InAuth, and we specialize in mobile and browser um, malware and fraud detection. Uh, and we do this by taking 
around 1,000 plus data points out of uh, the device, computer, or a handset. Um, through this, we're able to tell how you use your uh, handset um, and your apps on it without the need for a PIN, password, or biometrics. We wanted to pick your brains today because mm. before before you got into the world of, of, of big fraud, I should probably rephrase that, before you got into the world big of fraud, big fraud, <laughs> into the world of, of fraud prevention, that, you, that's a better way around. Yeah, you, you, were, you, were the, you were the brains behind um, Tesco's entry into uh, mobile, obviously the, yep. well, the UK's largest uh, grocery retailer. I'm not really sure how to describe them. And, um, and then subsequently at RBS. So some people will have heard you on previous 361 Live events, but just fill us in on, on kind of your, your track record because it's been, you know, it, it's been fully in big apps as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I will step back one further than that for, for people who might remember from the past. And I, I, uh, apart from having been involved with apps over many years, that really started uh, for TouchNote, which did um, physical cards. It was an app at the time in 2009 10 uh, that did physical I cards. Love that. And we took I love that. Um, and we got that set up. And the, the big win for us back then uh, was we convinced and worked with Sony Ericsson and convinced them that we were awesome, which of course we were, and we managed to get embedded uh, on Sony Ericsson handsets, even though the app stores were up and running. So that was cool. Um, and then um, very nicely, Tesco uh, rang and somebody come and um, help us set up the, the mobile element for, for Tesco. And it was, yeah, so it was 2010. Terry Leahy, um, who's, who's very big on the... Um, digital side of things, a very forward-thinking man, said he wanted to do mobile. I was lucky enough to, to get the role. And then we built the team, uh, partially in the UK, partially in uh, Bangalore, uh, to build the first grocery apps, uh, to improve upon the uh, club card apps. Uh, and then we also did some iPad apps around real food as well, um, which ended up having millions of downloads. And, that, and it's that millions of downloads that fascinates me because I... I reckon I could, with a bit of bit of reading and a bit of research, I could go and sit in my bedroom and I could write a second-rate app. You know, I maybe just got just you enough skills to do it. Third rate, yeah. the third thanks, Rafe. The third rate app, and a third-rate Windows Phone app, and uh, and, and Rafe, Rafe, Rafe certainly is the expert of third-rate Windows Phone apps. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I could I could do it, but I think I'm also really aware that when you start to build for millions of people, it every, suddenly everything changed or, or, or does it uh, well the third largest um retailer in the in the world i think after right. uh, yeah. uh, walmart and carrefour and then it's and then it's tesco on a and, and the, the, the app app that you're going to take us through here is the grocery one. so you can order order groceries from your phone yeah so it was a native app um, um that we built and um i'm just going to pick up on your point there ben that says yes you can create a third rate technical app um as long as it works it will work um, if it's self-contained, it would work for one person or a million people. Yeah. If, however, you're building apps that um, have to pass data back into uh, uh, your 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 servers and your infrastructure, like um, like grocery orders, like grocery orders, which are, yeah, uh, <laughs> then that's that's a, a very different proposition. So, for instance, with um, Tesco, has around or okay, so in 2010 had around three and a half million products um, uh, that it sold. Um, this app was available uh, across the country. You've got local distribution plants that will only carry certain ones of those products. So you're having to cross-reference where the person lives against um, the so products that are available ca- there. They get a unique catalogue, effectively, for your location. Well, uh, not for an individual, but within a certain the, location. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And then you're also cross-referencing against delivery times, okay, and, and making sure that the logistics of all of that work. And all of that data 
that is moving backwards and forwards from the handset back into the server uh, servers, and you're doing that for millions of people, that's where it starts to get really tricky when you're building at scale. Where do you start? I mean, when you're dealing with when you're dealing with something of that size, mm. what what's the how how do you how do you even know where to start? Haven't you got to start at the app so you can actually show people? You know, show so Terry Lee. This is what it could look like. Well, you know, I mean. So, w- what's great about mobile is it's come after digital, right? So you already have um, the classic starter for ten. You know how people are using it online. So all of us in this room, we have a mob- uh, mobile background. You just have an intuitive feeling. Plus, of course, we were hiring in fantastic designers. Uh, to come and work with us, right, and start wireframing the first few. But you, you already know how people are interacting and what they want to do on digital. Um, you can even take it straight out of a branch or out of the, the grocery store, okay, what people are doing. So it's not like you're starting from a blank page with absolutely nothing. Um, so you want to take what they take, what a person takes as standard of buying their milk, you know, yeah. uh, picking up their coffee and the bread and everything else, and you start from that point of view. So how would you translate those basic um, human behaviors, uh, the payment side, right, uh, to mm-hmm. someone else, um, paying uh, uh, transfers and, and seeing your balance, the obvious stuff, right? How do you turn those into your first version of an app? People can become quite, um, quite sort of preoccupied with those technical challenges, but I presume once you've, once you've worked out what the user wants, you're going to have to address those, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. That, actually, that's um, um, a very good call. Um, if I use that RBS um, point of view, trying to work out and understand in the user flow at what point you should um, take someone out of the app, right? Um, when they get a telephone call or um, when they change to iOS 7 and they started having the drop-down notifications that, that could come in at the top or the control center that you can now do yeah. uh, up from the bottom. If you move these up and down, should you take someone out of the app? Is it interfering with the way the app works? Um, and that's really complex, looking at how you cope with, for instance, um, operating system um, um, changes that impact on the flow of how your app works. And it takes time inside a large organization to work out how you respond to that. And the reason it takes time, because I can see Ben going, why? Um, <laughs> I'm just impatient, just give, give me cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the, the reason it takes time is, again, sticking with RBS, it's a, it carries a lot more legislation, is, is precisely that. What is the risk of allowing the control center to come up over the top and not shut out the app and take you back to having to put in your password, for instance, right? Um, and that takes time going back to the risk environments. And you have to spend some time educating the guys as much as they need to educate me on the finer points of... Uh, UK legislation regarding digital, right? So it's a two-way street. But the important bit here is that the technical side of building this actually should be the easy bit because that's our backgrounds. So the much harder bit is working all the way up to the CEOs, to the head of, uh, um, you know, the global head of risk, working with the legislation side, going and working with um, the people in the call centre who are going to have to cope, whether it's Tesco or uh, uh, RBS, um, and teaching them who are going to have to cope with people ringing up saying, I don't know why my app doesn't work, and you know, to the point, you know, have you turned on the phone, sort of stuff like that. If you are handling my transaction or you're looking after my money, I'm pretty sure that I want you to do this properly. In fact, I insist upon it, well, if you don't mind. I'm, I'm telling you that it's done properly, whether it's done at speed. Um, and that, and that's, the, that, that's the thing, is how do you, how do you balance that with, with being quick enough for mobile? Because one of the things everyone says mm. about mobile is that, you know, every year a new iPhone comes out or every year a new device comes out and, you know, uh, you, you maybe want to use the, the, the best characteristics of the new device. Or alternatively, you just want to match the best features because loads of smart people are putting awesome features in apps all over the time and, and you're going to have to you know, move quickly to, to be the best. 
Great question. And I've now spent enough time in, in large organizations to know that, and, and I'm going to stick with banking, that they are less interested in being absolutely incredible um, uh, and at the forefront uh, of the latest app development. What uh, I've learned, because I went in there with that, uh, with that energy to make that change, um, is that um, they want their customers to start migrating uh, away across to mobile uh, to make their lives easier, to make it faster, to interact with the bank more often. And that is the basics, the customers to do the basics, not cool, funky, unusual stuff. A bank might choose to create a separate app from its main banking app in order to try some funky stuff out. But the main banking app has to be unbelievably solid and you um, improve on it over a period of time. You don't find customers choosing not to use the app just because it's been the same for six or eight months, whereas Facebook's changed three times. Um, actually, they're getting more familiar and enjoying it and starting to feel that they can talk to another generation of people and say, hey, you should be using this app too. Interestingly, you face the same thing internally. Um, when the app gets out there, you then need to go out and carry on with the education and keeping the energy high and teaching and educating more people across the organization so that more people get it and allow things to start to move faster. So it's as much education internally as externally. So it's not about going, it would be um, you know, considered development you know, or considered risk that you should do when you're developing these apps. Ed, thanks so much for coming in and talking to us. I, I really... I really expected you to, to come in and, and tell us about technology and about how hard it was to build apps for, you know, for, for huge numbers of transactions and things. And I think maybe that was actually a little bit too obvious. So it's fascinating that you're saying the, the challenge is actually the people stuff, the people in the organization and, and getting it out there and those sorts of things. So it's absolutely fa fascinating. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. So, Ewan, it's about big apps are about stability. Mm. They're about reliability. <sighs> They're about always working. Yes. Now, I know you get frustrated yes. with, with yes. delays, yes. but I also know you get frustrated with stuff that doesn't work. So no, but that's hygiene. You no, cannot have it We are not ways. hygiene. It is absolute nonsense to be saying, oh, it just takes ages. I'm a guy that's paying a five a month, right, five quid a month, on top of my Sky nonsense bill to get Sky Go, Sky Go Extra, actually, right? And, you know, it took ages for these guys to knock out the updates to the point where it almost kind of works, you have to still be connected to Wi-Fi for the flipping thing to play any episodes, right? It's still class 1F, right? I'm not happy with this. That is a great example of what Ed was talking about. A, an organization that's doing its utmost, I suppose, to prevent giving me the value that I expect. But, but Rafe, if, if you have to do all of this testing if it's you have to do good enough. all of this all of this investigation with users you have, right. yeah, presumably you have to do think about sky you have to do all that legal stuff about do i have the rights to broadcast They've done this, this stuff this right it's just people staring at the wall well the point the point i'm saying is that all of that stuff that you've talked about yeah it, it costs a lot more than a fiver per user surely i mean that that that's huge right, but the first complexity. couple of versions they put out weren't actually credible enough or good enough that i think that, that might have cost actually a lot to them um, in terms of people's rep, you know, think trying out and going, this doesn't work very well. I, I take a different view to you, and in that I think for organisations, the wrong view, you mean. To, to get this kind of mobile thing is they have to learn to iterate. And I don't want to use the kind of the catchphrases, you, you mean know, every shut six up and months, eh? shut up and, uh, and, and ship. 
Um, but I think it's better to have a product out there, start learning from it, because these organizations aren't necessarily expert. And you look at you know what early apps were like in some of the early services with the on-demand services, which is mm. the category we're talking about with yeah. Sky, and things have come such a long way. And it's not just on the kind of the front end, the UX, which looks nicer, and the personalization yeah. elements yeah. you get in now. Uh, and Sky has made it possible to remote record, which is something you just couldn't do before. You know, it's a really new, interesting idea. You're then complaining about some of the little oh, pieces. I mean, I accept, unreasonable. Do you I, think my position is unreasonable? I, I do because I don't think you're sort of really appreciating just how much time and effort goes into that sort of thing. Absolutely, I'd like to, it to happen fast. I want it to be delivered as fast as possible. But when we're talking about you know these kind of services, often for something like Sky, I imagine it's sitting on fairly. Um, large legacy systems and if we're talking about retail that's really true you know some of these uh, legacy systems and infrastructure and sort of logistics yeah. will go back 40 plus years now, i don't think that's my problem as a consumer it, it's not your problem as a consumer but it's a, certainly a problem for the companies who have right. to Let's say build it's on top of that people ahead and fix it then i mean you're 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 very much seem to be a a man of, of the Web 2.0 era, of the right. kind of startups and things like that. The reason it's easy for startups to move quickly is because they're new businesses that don't have massive legacy infrastructure. I can't allow you to be an apologist for just mediocrity here. Well, hang on a second, though. But isn't there, isn't there, isn't there something we're putting out here, which is that, that just because... Three to six months is perfectly fine because some people can't be bothered to think about it. Just because mobile tends to be associated with new and startups and that sort of thing. Right. A lot of the, a lot of the examples you look at out there don't have the scale to have problems because listening to what, what Ed was, was saying about, you know, uh, think about the banking, for example. Yes. You know, complying with the law is not... Well, I suppose it is optional, <laughs> but the results are bad. So let's yeah, assume yeah, yeah. that complying with the law is, is not optional. But the law only starts to apply to you in, in, that, in that industry when you get to a certain scale, when you have a certain amount mm -hmm. of money to yes. manage or you're performing a certain type of transaction. And, and thinking about maybe more, more simply, think about Tesco's, for example. If I was the corner shop and you know, I had a mobile phone, you could ring me up on my phone and say, you know, come uh, drop, drop me some carrots off on the way home from, yeah. from work. Mm -hmm. You could do a, like a small local delivery service. But when you're trying to scale that to national you know millions of customers yeah. huge scale it, it you know the, the further you climb up this mountain the more you've got to carry with you and all the responsibilities and burdens uh, and and mobile doesn't make that any different it just gives you the illusion that it should be quicker because your your attention span with it yeah. let's give you a really good example yeah. of this think, another one think about a company that i have no at doubt at all that you and loves which is square which has been getting That's into I, financial I payments and services yes, yes he rates them so he yes. thinks they're good Actually, it's a complete joke that they haven't been able to launch internationally because their regulatory setup was just unbelievably badly planned. Okay, yes, they're getting big in the States, but uh, they've missed out on a massive opportunity. And now you can see them trying to pivot by getting into loans and doing invoicing and they've some, done some appliance mm. stuff. But I look at that and I see a, a missed opportunity because they didn't think about some of the stuff. And, and you loved them because they were able to move fast and they were able to do a good deal with Starbucks and be quite disruptive. But if I want to look at what's going to happen in the longer term, I won't be looking at a company like that. I'll be looking at the traditional financial institutions. Okay, Mr. Apologist, let me just say, we just talked about it here, right? So other banks having trouble doing anything in three to six months, Barclays knocking out updates left, right, and center. Left, right, and center. Uh, uh, you know, you have no concept of how long that sort of thing has taken. And, and think about ben, something like... you sit over there. We're the, busy. The, the, the well, ping it, you know, has 
Yes. He rightly praised is yep. really innovative. Yes. Um, but it's actually been around, I think, about a year oh, and a half. This is the first time of uh, PM integrated. Uh, right. uh, PM pe- launched on a Monday. I got a little prompt on my thing saying, Would you like PM activated? I just pressed the button. Amazing. Well, that's Any other bank hasn't even thought about that, it yet. It's still busy talking about it. That, that's no, my problem. It's available in other banking apps and. PayM has been something that's been planned on the available. industry level okay. for a long let's, time. Let's, and and let's more than all, that... Let's all breathe just for yeah. a moment. Because right. Mr. Ben. Apologist... Well, th- two things. One is, I think, when the, the problem we don't have is we don't know how much Barclays spent. So it's easy to say... What does that matter? I'm the customer. I'm delighted. Thank you. Well, but, but Barclay, Barclays may be taking a bit of a gamble that this stuff's going to pay off. And right. they've decided to invest loads of money in, in paying to make hard stuff happen quickly. Yes. And other banks have decided that they're not. But Which is my problem. Well, but... Well, it, I don't think they decided. They just uh, aren't. But, and but and it, I'm it, sorry. It wasn't just Barclays deciding to do it. It happened because quick payments came in, which basically... No, no, no I mean, the, uh, what my point here is that they, their app was updated on the same day as PM launched to have the little function that you can just click and register for it. That's my point. But that's because that, if they didn't do that, their ping it thing would just die slowly. But, but back to... No, I that's think we need not to, a valid point. But, but let's, let's, get out the, let's get out the specifics there. But the, 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 challenge, the, the challenge there is that Barclays, they don't, you don't take that decision to, to adopt a new service lightly because they will have invested yeah, they, of course millions, millions The point is that. they did it and a lot of other banks didn't bother, haven't even thought about it. But before we celebrate that... We don't know if it's going to be a success because it's pleased you because it's in their app. That's true. Is it going to work reliably? Is it going to do its job? I don't know. I'm just delighted that someone's – there's a flame alive there at Barclays. So – I'm what? really pleased someone so, cares enough. To, but you're to not normal. You're not a basis. normal consumer. You're being this delighted. Just, you're right, being well, delighted yeah, yeah. by these things. Well, and if you're, I'm right, sure there's lots of listeners. That I, I hope there's lots of listeners. Put up a survey, Ben, right, and ask. I hope there's lots of listeners that are identifying with my view. And I, uh, I guess I'm, I'm being deliberately antagonistic with you, Mr. Blanford. I'm sure I'll get letters of complaint from your I'm sure. millions. I, I have fans. no doubt that there will be many people who agree with you. Thank you. Um, but so many people wrong. is very unlikely to be a majority. And this is this is the problem that you. You have you build businesses based on what most of your customers want. You don't build them for the small, annoying sector at the top end who's complaining that it hasn't got PayM integration on the day it comes out because everyone else is barely even aware of what that is and they're going to be using it in a couple of years' time. So, there we go. Okay, so well, you're how happy do, with mediocrity. That's perfectly fine. I want a little bit more, Ed. Um, how, so how do we? How do? Sorry, how, I called you, Ed. There. How, how do businesses know what to do? I mean, let's let's not talk about the you know, kind of. In speculation, I mean, literally, what things should they look at to try and understand what their customers want? Because in... Well, I think that's a very good point. I just don't think a lot of them are even doing that. I mean, if you look at a lot of companies, they don't have... The, the, the employees haven't got phones. I think Ralph Blanford's just fallen off his chair. Sorry, they, okay, look, they companies don't. Are you sitting there telling me that companies don't do any kind of focus groups or market They groups do, but I've been in these things. And it's appalling. It's shockingly bad. Yeah, I think what Blanford is saying is he's quite happy uh, to make excuses for why big companies are delivering poor service. I think that's my, my issue. Right? I, I want to see modern companies delivering modern, exciting, stimulating services. And I'd like people to be taking take chances and to say, hey, look, here's a new update, here's a new service. I don't want these companies to, be, to think it's fine and helpful and, and standard. I don't think it's industry standard that you can just do nothing for six months in mobile. That's my, my frustration. I, I, I know I'm a, an edge case here, right? But where, where, where we as edge cases go, the rest of the mainstream follows, right? So we need companies to be experimenting and be testing with digital and not just saying, well, you know, we'll just wait and see and think it's perfectly fine to just relax and say we've done mobile. Because this is what happens, right? Big companies go, oh, we've done mobile, it's done. 
Uh, we, we, we'll leave it now. And that, that means that I get poorer service. We all get poorer service. And, the, and the, the offering is the worst for it. So one of the things that fascinates me, Rafe, is that you've got some, some businesses obviously would, would work well on mobile. Uh, but then quite a lot of other businesses could do more or do different things by adopting mobile because it, it offers opportunities not to replicate but to, to enhance. And so how, if you're, you know, if you're sat there with, with someone else's money to invest, how do you even begin to start making that decision around actually not just, I say just because, you know, selling groceries and, and delivering them actually is, you know, is a multi-million pound business. It shouldn't be taken lightly, but it repl- the, the Tesco job replicated the experience that was on the website. But when, what about when you start to deliver services that weren't previously available because you can help people now they've got phones in their hands? It, it's a great question. And you could spend literally months trying to answer that one. I think We've got about four minutes and 50 seconds. The, the simple way is, is we're kind of past the point where mobile is just replicating a replication of the digital experience. You're, you're right. We need to look at things that mobile can do uniquely. I think from a, a corporate point of view, you probably need to start looking at consumer behavior and ethnographics and potentially Ethno. ethnographics, the, the way people think about things, the way they behave, the way they do things. You can go away well, and word do, of the week, that one. do yeah. kind of a lot of consumer research uh, but in the reason it's called disruption, it's new stuff, is it actually hasn't been done before. So if I'm looking at this kind of area, I would look at kind of neighbouring sectors and seeing if there's things you can replicate, or you just need to have, you know, do some big thinking and say, or live what, can be, what can be done differently? And it's not often, you know, something totally out there. It's about making it more convenient for the user. And I think all the time with mobile and digital and technology in general, it's about making that technology invisible and making the consumer's life easier. So we think of the ones that are most, Uber and the other taxi services make it easier to hail a taxi. If you look at something like payments with contactless coming in, the idea is that you don't have to put it into a machine and enter a PIN number. That makes your life easier. And so there's kind of lots of quite small things that you can do as a business um, that may have quite fundamental changes in the way that your consumers interact and behave with you. And to bring that full circle back to mobile, I think where mobile becomes so important, it allows you to develop the kind of personal relationship with your customer that you don't get on traditional digital platforms and perhaps not even on the high street because you'll have many interactions, many touch points with them and can build real loyalty if you do it properly in a mobile app. And you can also build in advocacy as well. You can get your consumers to start doing the marketing for you. You get that right. It becomes something of a virtuous circle. Now, the challenge here... It's a slow virtuous circle, though, because well, you do it every six months as well. well but the, I think the, the speed, the speed is, a, is a symptom. It's not the problem itself, is right. it? But, the, but the, the, the challenge here is if you sit in a room and say, well, what do my, what do my customers, how do they use their phones? I don't know. Right, I don't know the, because the, the really frustrating thing is a lot of these people haven't. You know, they're on their old phone. They haven't bothered upgrading their phone. They don't care about their phone. The company won't allow them to use a new phone, or, or so on and so on. 
and they, they, they don't live it. Their customers are out there using the devices with lots and lots of frustrations, but the management team or the team that's in charge of this stuff doesn't use it. They don't care about it. They haven't needed to. All they care about is the fact the mortgage isn't getting paid, and they have to sit in the conference call every one, once a week and go, is everything all right with mobile? Yeah, well, you know, we won't bother looking at it. They aren't seeing the frustration on a daily basis. And that's why, as a metric, uh, you, you talk about the importance of edge case updates, and I don't disagree. I want things to move as quickly as possible. But the thing I would always come back to is net happiness gain. And you have your customers at the top end who are delighted by some kind of edge case thing. They've got pay in the day that it launches. But then there's a massive block of customers, the majority, say 80%, just to pull a figure out the air, who are just concerned about being able to make a payment. And that's what makes them happy. And you deliver more happiness by addressing that larger sector of your customer base than going after the high end, which is why I don't get concerned about the three to six months. I do get concerned if it's being used as an excuse to be slow and whatever, but I don't actually think speed at any cost is more important. What's more important is happiness at any cost. He's really gone agency, hasn't he? But I do agree with everything you're saying. Happiness at any cost. That's what they're they're writing on your gravestone, Ray (laughs) Frankfurt. Right, I agree with you, Ray. Okay, so let's... Uh, Not fully, but I should say... (laughs) Oh, well. I I had more on that happiness for a while. Okay, so let's try and draw some threads together then as we, as we wrap up this week's episode. Hmm. It's, I was surprised that we, in, we stopped talking about technology really yes. quickly and we started talking about processes and things like that because mm. like, it or, like it or not, big apps tend to be uh, associated with big usage and big transactions and with that is big value and big importance. Doesn't necessarily always mean big money value but it could be reputations or it could be uh importance to people's lives or it could be brand or something like that and and all of a sudden the the temptation to say wow oh, was amazing quick you know make loads of stuff to throw throw it at the, the proverbial wall and right. see what sticks that begins to sound a bit risky because you the, whereas a startup can give it a try fail and some people will lose their investment now all of a sudden you could actually have a, a negative you know, angle. You could actually make a business, you know, worse yes. by adding mobile and detracting from what was already there. Mm. And then, I, I, okay, I, I do agree that adding 16 different features every week isn't the way ahead. I think my frustration is having seen how a lot of big companies work and deliver these things is a lot of the time it's excessively political, just as Ed was saying, uh, but to the detriment of the consumer. So uh, you know, the happiness scale is you know, significantly reduced just because you're, you're, you're going you're lucky if you'll get an, an update to, to your facility to the service um, within you know, a year and let me just give you a very brief point I, I would like some kind of innovation to allow me to add uh, this in the banking sphere to add uh, new payments you know most banking apps will not allow you because no, no one's gone through this process yet to say you can add a new payment uh, a new pay, new payee without having to go through 16 different you know, reasons why you, um, or 16 different processes to actually do it. You typically, in order to send a payment, you have to, uh, to a new person, you've got to log on to the web. When you're talking about apps and business, you have to think about the legacy and the uh, infrastructure you have there. But more than that, Ed explained to us that it's people and education far more than anything else. And I think you can look at that internally, but I think that's just as true outside of those big businesses educating about people about mobile and how things work and the potential of them, there's still far too many moments when you show your friends something with your mobile device and they go, wow, that's amazing. We're um, incredibly lucky to be able to understand it and to be mobile natives. 
just as with the web and you know, other technologies before that, it takes time for it to be adopted and become widespread and for everyone to understand it. And we're still relatively early on in that cycle in mobile. And so the technology bit has kind of been fixed now or is, is getting there. The bit that isn't fixed is teaching everyone about it and making it commonplace and part of your daily life. I can relate to that because we had a we had a first Skype call with a member of our family this week. Here in 2014, people are still discovering Skype and, and you know being amazed by it and and overcoming the intimidation of of it being new. So, Ewan, it's it's mm. hard, yes. but it, but it's clearly it's clearly worthwhile. I mean, the some of the most exciting experiences and some of the the, the most the most loyal the brands that have the most loyalty are are, are enhancing it and and and. You know, talking to their customers through mobile, almost to the in preference to other opportunities now. Yes, yeah, because it's becoming increasingly more important as as mobile integrates itself across you know, in, into life. Um, okay, I should point out that I am just impatient. I'm impatient and I am intolerant. I really don't like to see just lazy companies. I think I think after nigh on ninety odd episodes, that 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 hidden that, that hidden rumble under the surface is, is, has, has come to the forefront. I think we've learned that now. All right, so uh, Rafe, I do accept a lot of your points. Most of them are just you know, apologist nonsense. Um, but uh, yeah, you've made a few good uh, contributions tonight. And I would say occasionally you say something interesting as well. You. So I love you, awesome. Blander. So as as the t- as the team <laughs> as the team hugs as one and uh, goes on to sort our, our team bonding exercise, we'll draw the episode to a close. Um, no doubt people will have uh, not just opinions to share with us about the the apps and the services they like and the brands they want to use mobile, but there are a ton of people out there I know who do this, who listen to this podcast, mm. who know better than us. So you know, as far as you're able, because often this stuff is is you know sensitive or secret, let us know your let us know your stories, let us know um, what you've been involved in, what's worked, what hasn't. I mean, for me, I love hearing the stories about the process that people go through yeah, to yeah, work definitely. this stuff out because it is absolutely fascinating. Um, and certainly, you know, we, we share that within our business as frequently as possible as well. So let us know your stories and um, perhaps let us let us know what it is that you would like to what you would like to see in the future and perhaps we can go away and investigate that in later episodes yeah, to, you, yeah, to, you, to follow that up if you find yourself screaming because we, we get a lot of emails or comments from when i meet a lot of uh, of listeners saying oh i was screaming at the uh, the podcast last night because of what probably what i was saying um <laughs> sadly uh if you can try and bottle that and put it into a, a comment or something because then we can come back at you know we can have a good debate about it Okay, so yep, leave a comment when you hear this. Uh, go to 361podcast.com, do the survey. You can tweet us at 361podcast. And uh, we will be back next week. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can comment, subscribe, and catch up with previous episodes at 361podcast.com. If you're an iTunes user, we'd be jolly grateful for a five-star review. There's a link and pictures of how to rate the show at 361podcast.com slash rate. Each review makes it lots easier for new listeners to find us. Thank you.